Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Kings chapter 3 from the World English Bible. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into David's city until he had finished building his own house, Yahweh's house, and the wall around Jerusalem. However, the people sacrificed in the high places because there was not yet a house built for Yahweh's name. Solomon loved Yahweh, walking in the statutes of David his father, except that he sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, Yahweh appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask for what I should give you. Solomon said, You have shown to your servant David, my father, great loving kindness, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have kept for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is today. Now, Yahweh, my God, you have made your servant king instead of David, my father. I am just a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. Your servant is among your people, which you have chosen, a great people that can't be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? This request pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. Behold, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has been no one like you before you, and after you none will arise like you. I have also given you that which you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you for all your days. If you will walk in my ways, to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of Yahweh's covenant and offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. Then two women who were prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The one woman said, O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. I delivered a child with her in the house. The third day after I delivered, this woman delivered also. We were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, just us two in the house. This woman's child died in the night because she lay on it. 
She rose at midnight and took my son from beside me while your servant slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. When I rose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, it was dead. But when I had looked at it in the morning, behold, it was not my son whom I bore. The other woman said, No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. The first one said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. They argued like this before the king. Then the king said, One says, This is my son who lives, and your son is the dead. And the other says, No, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. The king said, Get me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. The king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Then the woman, whose the living child was, spoke to the king, for her heart yearned over her son, and she said, O my lord, give her the living child, and in no way kill him. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered, Give her the living child, and definitely do not kill him. She is his mother. All Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. That is the end of chapter 3. This chapter begins with Solomon making his first political alliance that is recorded, and seems like his beginning of collecting wives, although the timetable of exactly when he started getting all the wives is up for discussion. We know that Pharaoh's daughter was not his first wife because Solomon reigned 40 years and Rehoboam was 41 when he takes the throne immediately after Solomon dies. Um, You can refer to 1 Kings 14.21, where we are informed of his age and his mother was Naamah the Ammonitess. Just because she was an Ammonitess does not mean that she was one of the immoral ones that drew Solomon's heart away because apparently she was married while David was yet king and Solomon was still young. So she was probably someone who was following the ways of Israel, like Rahab or Ruth. As I was doing some research about the life of Solomon to try and make sure I was getting a good picture of things, I ran across one website that did the math of his wives. So Solomon reigned 40 years. If you divide, um, so he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And uh, one website said that the difference between the wives and the concubines was simply a matter of inheritance. So they were all wives in um, the marital sense. Um, So the thousand divided by 40 gives you 25 wives per year that Solomon had, or an average of a new one every two weeks. That's a lot of marriages. But getting back to Pharaoh's daughter, we read that he kept her in Jerusalem, in David's city, until those certain things were built. And we'll find out later that she goes to live somewhere else and talk about that more then. In verse Two, it talks about sacrificing in what is called the high places. While it is true that in places like Deuteronomy 16, it is talking about high places as places where they were sacrificing to idols, this statement here is not a censure of the high places. And we know that 
because in 1 Samuel 9, verse 12, Samuel, Samuel himself is leading or holding sacrifices in the high place of Gilgal. That's where he has arranged to meet Saul. At this point in Solomon's life, we know the ark is in Jerusalem. David brought it back there, if you will recall. But the original tabernacle was not there. And we read more about that in Chronicles, where it talks about how he divided up his um, people that were taking care of things with the ark and with the original tabernacle. I'm going to link to one article that does that follows the history of the tabernacle through scripture through the bible in a useful way um and that'll there will be a link to that on the blog but right now let me just mention so the tabernacle was in gilgal joshua 4 it gets moved to shiloh that's mentioned in joshua 18 but then when the ark is taken into battle and is captured by the philistines um, we read in other places, like in Jeremiah 7, that Shiloh was destroyed, but not the tabernacle because it goes back to Gilgal without the ark at first. And then we will find out later it's in Nob. And then it gets taken back to Gibeon. Uh, and you can read about that in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 37 through 39. And so that makes more sense of this part here in this chapter where it talks about Solomon going to the great high place in Gibeon to sacrifice. That's where the original tabernacle was. I think it's important that we read verse 3 very carefully. It says, Solomon loved Yahweh, walking in the statutes of David his father, except that he sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. I think that except goes with where he sacrificed, not that he loved Yahweh except, because it sounds like David was sacrificing more at the ark. And I think that is borne out because of how the story is presented. Solomon is still worshiping God. Note that when Solomon does offer his sacrifices, there is no correction or no condemnation from God. I think if Solomon was doing something wicked there, that God would not have appeared to him in a dream and given him this extremely unique opportunity. In verse 6, Solomon's answer begins with him acknowledging his blessing via his father David, and then Solomon humbly presents his own limitations as compared to his responsibility, which recognizes that it is Yahweh's people that he is governing. So Solomon asks for wisdom. That should remind you of what we have read and discussed recently in James chapter 1. And then the God who is omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent was still pleased when the time came for Solomon to make this momentous choice, and he chose wisdom. God's pleasure was apparently not diminished at all by the fact that he, being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, knowing all things, knew what Solomon was going to choose. When Solomon made the choice, God was still glad. You could say Solomon sought first the kingdom of God, like Jesus talks about in Matthew 6.33. And almost everything else got added. It was just long life that was contingent on Solomon's own dedication to living according to God's ways. Then to bring conclusion to this particular incident, after the dream, 
Solomon does go to the ark to offer sacrifices. And this seems more personal, less like a ritual, because while the original tabernacle was designed for sacrifices, the ark was where God's presence dwelled. So while at first Solomon loved God, he was only going through the sacrifices in a less personal way, it seems, and now he's worshiping in a whole nother way. It kind of reminds me of the change that happened in Job. Job was following God wholeheartedly. He hadn't committed any sin, but after he went through things and then God explained some things to him, Job had a whole new understanding, a whole different level of relationship with God. Now, of course, everybody knows that Solomon made some major mistakes, and we're going to talk about that. But for now, I'm going to end, and I'm going to wait until the next session to discuss the second half of the chapter. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.